You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Mads. My name is Scout, and we're so happy that you're here. You know, it just, every single week, we can't fucking believe that you sisters keep coming back and hanging out with us every Monday. I know. Okay, wait, I have a dopamine suggestion for the sisterhood and for you, Scout. Ooh, what, uh, FaceTime baby Lily? <laughs> well, of course, but the sisterhood can't doesn't have access to that. Um, everyone, please go to Spotify or Apple Music, whatever the fuck you use. Because I, I know that you're a, you're an Apple Music girly, which is like so weird. Um, and go uh, search for Waffle House by the Jonas Brothers. This song is like roller coaster. Oh, Scout! It's roller coaster adjacent. It's it's roller coaster caliber. So if you're an OG, okay, sis, listener, longtime listener, you know that Scout and I. Are obsessed with the song Roller Coaster by Jonas Brothers. It like embodies, it just like is the feeling of complete serotonin injected into your brain. Um, and so this this comes to a close second. Okay. You know, I'm always looking for a serotonin injection to the brain. That's that's what I usually usually am looking for. Um, so I'm gonna go listen to it. I know that um Ashley I from The Bachelor, her baby is so fucking cute and her and her baby were dancing, I think, to this house to this song. Um are Jonas Brothers going on tour this year? So I it's need- unclear because they are they've been doing like so much stuff in New York, which is really rude. Um they've been like doing stuff on 
Broadway and then they uh, did Yankee Stadium or something. I don't know. I'm just like, why aren't they coming back to the Hollywood Bowl? Why am I not there and blackout drunk like I was the past two times I went? Um, But they need to return to the Hollywood Bowl. Yes. Agreed. The minute we find out they are, we need to get tickets because we need to go back. Yeah. You missed roller coaster last year and it was a true shame. Not last year. It was like two years ago. I know I was catatonic because, you know, mental illness shit. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready for the next time. I'm going to be ready for the next time. Depression, right. Because of, me- of um, hashtag mental illness. I was going to say one other thing, but I forgot. Oh, I guess just sister, uh, dear sister that's listening, I just want to give a little, another boost of inspiration and dopamine and serotonin and love and light to you. clear the throat (laughs) you are worthy and there is so much abundance in your life if you're feeling a little down in the dumps down in the shit down in the shitter don't worry because you're abundant and there's literally just think of one thing in your life that is a blessing and just keep it close to your heart because you are deserving of all you your dreams. You know what? Amen to that. You and I were having abundant days yesterday. I didn't actually rattle off all my abundant stuff, but I did journal about them to make sure that they imprinted in my mind that abundance is literally all around us. Opportunities are all around us. Good things are all around us. And we just have to make the decision to turn our eyes on and recognize them. So I love that message, Mads. Listen to the Jonas Brothers and think about how abundant you are. Listen to the Jonas Brothers and have an abundant week. All right. We have an incredible guest today. We have Chelsea Vaughn. If you are a Batch Nation stan, then you will know her from Matt's season. And she just ha- she has a new podcast. She's incredible. Obviously, we talk all pop culture updates, but then also get into a bit more about her life and what she's working on. It was such a delightful and light conversation. Would you agree? Yeah, but I also, you know, we've interviewed a lot of Batch Nation stars and I felt like we actually got into behind the scenes topics and information around like the mental health aspect of being a contestant on The Bachelor that we've never talked to other batch nation contestants about. So I really, really loved that part of the, of the conversation. Cause I feel as if we were asking questions and getting answers that we just haven't heard come out of a batch nation star before. So I thought that that's my hands down favorite part of the interview. And also I was on our weekly call with Alyssa who runs our social and um, she was in the car with her sister and I was telling her sister who's, you know, that Chelsea's on the podcast and she was like, Oh, Chelsea's like, like she's so cool like she's too cool for the bachelor and I'm like you know what that fucking is Chelsea Vaughn yeah it was weird that she was on it like she's yeah she is fantastic she's fantastic I mean not that you know other bachelor nation contestants are but like Chelsea's got a cool it girl factor that I'm obsessed with right wait I can't hear you what happened here oh can you hear me now yeah I was like you're like you're like fading into the distance Oh, I think I was putting my hand over the, my speaker Great. and talking. Love to that. You. Love that. Um, yeah. So enjoy this episode. It was fan. It was such a good, delightful episode. And um, if you could please send me a n- new picture of baby Lily every single day in the morning, that would be really helpful. That plus Waffle House Jonas Brothers dance party is like the way I would like to start my days every. Si- that's incorporating that into the daily routine morning routine yeah you and Ben FaceTimed me this morning and I thought you were gonna tell me some good news or I thought you were gonna like tell me that you got 
a full vacation paid for and you were bringing me like I don't know something exciting but it was literally just to see my daughter but I'm at the offices right now so I couldn't deliver on that for you but I will send you a picture right now thank you all right enjoy sisters okay sisters love you enjoy Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. 
our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hello, Miss Chelsea. Hello. You look you look like Hannah Montana. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> that you look like you're a rock star um, wearing the most <laughs> the biggest headphones I've ever seen, but they look so legit. I was going to say that they're like alien collars. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's like some high tech, like space shit. Okay. I literally Googled like how to start a podcast and then what's the best equipment. And then I bought these headphones and a mic that came on Amazon. I love that that's in your bio. You're like, bought a mic, now I'm a host. <laughs> That's literally what happened. Actually, my mom bought it for me because she bought it on Amazon for me for Christmas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. Yeah. So Chelsea is a new member of the podcast Yay. host community. I was actually on her podcast. We did the 36 questions that lead to love, which was so, so fun. So this is my second time interviewing Chelsea. Um, which is delightful. This is my, Chelsea, you might not remember, but I was realizing this as I was getting ready for this interview, that this is my second time talking to Chelsea too, because you and I chatted about Scout's agency yes. a while ago. So we're just like- We're circling we're back. All, we're circling back. We're circling back. We're circling back. Okay. Speaking of connections, Maddie, I was like dying to tell you this. You're going to die. Okay. So remember oh, how you were like, I'm manifesting Taylor Swift tickets. I don't know how they're going to happen. And we were like- Okay, let's manifest them together. I got Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Chelsea, okay, and are you taking me? Like, what? Like You, you manifested them for me. No, I literally, like, a brand, a brand invited me out of the blue. Wait, in what city? New York? Yes. Or it's in oh, New Jersey. God. I don't know. But it's, like, here on May 26th. Oh, literally. my gosh. I okay, was freaking so out. We need to, we need to like double the manifestation energy and like now gear it towards me because yeah. that is also what I'm manifesting. I looked up tickets the other day for Los Angeles and the obstructed view, like the view that's like behind the stage, like you don't even see the stage is still $700. And oh so I was God. like, yeah, that's just not going to work for me. But I also need to be like in the same breathing space as Miss Miss Taylor. So we're going to man, we need to like double down on the manifestation over here. Okay. Now that I have like the Taylor Swift energy, I'll pass yeah. the luck along the power. to you somehow. I, know. I was, I was saying on uh, this last episode, I was in, um, I went to dinner with our friend Kelsey Kreppel and she had bought in tickets just like normally. And she has obviously very large following. And I was like, why don't you get free tickets? And she's like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't like, I'm not like, th like, I don't know. I don't reach out to brands or whatever. They don't like invite me. I was like, Kelsey, you let's, I'm, I'm going to use you. Like <laughs> you're going to reach out to the brand and then I'm going to be your plus one. And this is how this is going to happen. Wait, I have a question. Why are, why are brands inviting people to the Taylor Swift? This is a new thing. What's happening? I think it's like because of the Coachella of it all. It started, I feel like with Harry Styles where in basically brands will buy either a box or they'll buy like just a certain rose or something. And then they'll invite influencers and then the influencers just tag the brand and be like, thanks Tart for taking me. Like Kenzie Elizabeth just went to Taylor Swift with Tart in Dallas. So it's like that vibe. This is the first time this has ever happened to me. So like I've never gotten like Coachella or whatever. People went to see Beyonce and 
in Dubai. Like that was with Tarte too. And with like a hotel that was opening. But this is this is literally the first time that's ever happened to me. So I'm um just, Tarte wellness Tarte wellness check hello. on Tarte. We are here, Tarte. <laughs> this is actually we are with here and available. Shishido is who invited me to Taylor Swift. Oh. So God, where yeah. I love the budgets that these brands are just sh- like okay, Shishido, like yeah, okay. I I'm not even a makeup girly. Like I don't know how I got. I don't know how I got this. <laughs> it's just. You know what? What's thinking? Yeah, my lucky stuff. I mean, I mean, yeah. Just don't even question it at this point. It's so funny because I, I want. Do you know who else is going like in your box? Because that's also something Kelsey was saying. Where she was like, I don't really want to go with if I don't know the other people because I become feral when I see Taylor Swift. So like, I need to be within with the people. You know? Okay, a kid's gonna kill me for saying this, but I found out my friend Kit Keenan is going, and she texted me and she's like. I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. And I'm like, Chelsea, you don't, what do you mean you don't know any Taylor Swift songs? Like, you don't even know, like, Shake It Off. She's like, okay, I know Shake It Off. But other than that, like, I don't know any. Chelsea. And I'm like, okay. You should not have said that. Kit is, like, probably going to get canceled. <laughs> but blowing love up her spot. We love you, Kit. It's okay. I'm I'm being quiet because, you know, Shishida might pop into my inbox and I don't want to say anything. <laughs> that would, you know, make them think that, oh, that I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. So I'm just being quiet just in case I get invited. You never know. Yeah. yeah shish- okay. First of all, I think we're saying it wrong. It's not like Shishido Peppers. It's like, shish- it's Shiseido, right? Shiseido? I'll let you guys know <laughs> on May 26th. Chelsea's like, I'll, I'll keep you updated on what the brand's name is. <laughs> it's Shiseido? I think it's Shiseido. I don't it's definitely not shishido like the peppers okay, great. definitely not <laughs> love that for us <laughs> love that for us okay since we're on the topic of taylor swift and you do little like pop culture corner on your podcast so i wanted to get everyone's pulse because we we sometimes touch on pop culture but i love to make it more of a like if we have a guest that also talks about pop culture it's fun what are your thoughts and prayers around the taylor and joe breakup Oh, okay. I told you I'm like an undercover Swifty. Right. Like I'm a fake Swifty because I only like half of her stuff, but the stuff I really like, I really like, but it's just like, as far as being all up in her business and her life, like I don't really know much about that. Okay. I think I saw on all the news outlets, they were together for like six years or something. And I saw something yesterday that said they might've gotten secretly married. Yeah. So I guess the consensus was that people thought they were married. People thought she was literally pregnant. People thought on the last day of the tour, she would be like, this is my pregnancy announcement. They seemed like endgame. It didn't make any sense because she had been in this relationship so differently because it was very under wraps. Like we didn't know really anything about it. Um, It was very private. So that's, I think, why it worked so well. But apparently it was just like they just drifted apart, which is like just, dev- I don't know, I am like heartbroken and like gutted over this news. But the craziest part is that it, this happened like a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago. And that's when she started the tour. So like- Okay, so I have a take on this. Okay. Which is not my take. It's actually Kirby's take from Los Angeles. Okay. Which I think she made an excellent, excellent point. You know, there's something about Taylor Swift that I find so fucking genius And there's another part about it that is a little too calculated for me at times. And I think that Kirby mentioned that like she announced like 
celebrities don't just like announce breakups. They have a publicist. They have a team. They decide what day it is. And the fact that she decided to announce it the day before Easter, knowing that everyone was going to be together with their friends and family the next day, they were going to talk about it at Easter, is like so mastermind genius in my opinion that it's almost like, wait, were you even with this guy for six years? Because now I'm like, now I'm like, it's like right in the middle of her tour, the day before Easter when she knows everyone's going to be together and they're all going to talk about it. And I'm kind of like, you sit there and you like pull levers and you put a little, you put a little treat here and you put a little clue there and then you drop this here. And that's what makes people go crazy. She is the modern day scavenger hunt goddess. That's what she is. She's just an excellent scavenger hunt person. Oh, wait, people are always talking about her Easter eggs. Yes. And she does this on Easter. Chelsea, there we go. There we there go. There we go. We, you guys, we, we solved it. <laughs> is she an artist or is she a mastermind scavenger hunt heiress? You know? Well, it's so funny. It's so funny, Scott, that you say mastermind because she has a, a song called Mastermind where she literally is like, I plan every fucking thing. She does. And everything you see that's in my, in my life right now is calculated and I made happen. Yeah. That's why I'm wondering, like, was she really? No, I think they were together. I think, I think they, were, they were, together. were together. But when something like that is so planned, you have to ask yourself, what's the reality behind, you know? I just, I can't imagine Joe being like cool with that to be like, I don't know. Like he seems so chill that it just doesn't like, or maybe she just did it without his consent or like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but she didn't. Did she confirm yet? She didn't say anything. Well, she's never going to say anything, she's but it's like people confirmed, like people as in the magazine, which oh, is people magazine. Yeah. Okay, okay. Which is like legit, I guess. But no, she's never going to confirm, but it's more about like, yeah, it's more she had to leak that or like, you know, nod off to the magazines for it to even circulate. Yeah. So I have a really hot take and I'm, I'm just putting it out on the podcast. This is not something I want to manifest. And I do have a lot of manifesting powers um, we have uh, seen here. But I just want to put it out there because I want to be able to be like, told you so. What if Pete Davidson swoops in? <laughs> Guys, this is historical evidence. This is historical evidence. He swooped. Well, he would never actually because of Kim. But like, is that his tagline? Pete's the one that swoops in like he just like, swoops in. He swooped in with Kim. He swooped in with Emrata. Like, what are we like? I don't see it. I don't think he's her type. Like, he's going for older, like, baddies. Not saying Taylor Swift's not a baddie, but, like, she's not really in the Kim K, Emrata category to me. He's into <laughs> mo- He's into moms. He's into MILFs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, older, older women. She's, like, kind of the same age as him, I think. I don't know how old he is. No, I think he's, like, 26. I think he might be 29. No. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> he just seems like a little child. So I'm his type is what you're saying? Yes, MILFs. MILFs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Scout, be careful. He's 29. <laughs> oh, he's 29? He's 29. Okay. Scout, be careful. Pete Davidson is on, is on the prowl for MILFs. So <laughs> hide your kids and hide, hide your husband. <laughs> um, okay, wait. Speaking of men who look like malnourished children, I want to get everyone's opinion on Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet. Oh, silence. Silence. <laughs> Literally <laughs> silence. <laughs> okay. The Jenner Kardashian clan is also another one that I really don't like care to keep up with. So are they dating officially? Is this is this a thing? You know, Dumois. I don't think it's a thing. Okay. Okay. So look, like 
Dumois, I have mixed feelings about Dumois because she just posts anything she receives. Like she posted that Taylor and Joe were, were married. So it's like, why is she a credible resource anymore? I don't know. People just really trust her. But I guess there have been like a lot of confirmations that they have been dating since like January. And so I am a known Timothy Chalamet enthusiast. I have been very vocal on this podcast about my deep love for him. Most people, half of the podcast like Scout is very concerned with that obsession because he does look like a malnourished teenager. Now, I don't hate this. Like I, I honestly kind of love it. I don't know where Timothy Chalamet came from. <laughs> like, why is he famous? That Chelsea <laughs> asking the same question. So I feel like he's on like, I feel like he's should be on a new like Disney channel series. <laughs> he looks, yeah, he looks, um, he needs to eat something. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's a growing boy. Okay, guys. Like, I just don't. Where did he come from? Yeah, where did Maddie? Where did he start? Where was his like? When was his big break? Okay, this is where he started. Everyone, this is the history. The history lesson on Timothy Chalamet. He was in a movie called "Call Me by Your Name." It was a gay romance set in Italy, where they biked around Italy and had gay sex with Army Hammer, and it was the best movie of all time. And it really put him in the zeitgeist of like a heartthrob. Now, then he just, you know, he's in Dune, he was in all, you know, all of his other movies. He's always been in like very, like critically acclaimed movies. So he's an amazing actor. But then he kind of like got into the Pete Davidson world where he like just dates a lot of hot girlies. And yeah, so that's his next prospect is Kylie. So whoever said that Timothy Chalamet was an approachable uh, hall pass for you, Mads, is now incorrect because he's with Kylie Jenner. That means he's I not know. approachable. Chelsea, if you don't follow the Kardashians, who do you follow? What's your main <laughs> What's your main pop culture world? Is it Bravo? Is it the Housewives? What is it? I mean, I guess it would have to be the Bachelor people, but... <laughs> But like, oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, I follow a lot of like models, like Victoria's Secret models. Who else is like more celeb? Like, I don't know, Zendaya or like Issa Rae. Yes. I don't know, but not like. Are you so excited about Issa Rae on Barbie? Oh my god! Yeah, I love everything she does. Literally everything she touches. I'm like team Issa. Same. Like she's iconic. Yeah. So. But essentially what Chelsea's saying is that her level of pop culture taste is most likely a lot better than ours, Mads. Like, I 100%. think we're like, 100%. we're like gossipy columns and Chelsea's like, you know, the tea magazine vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I followed all the Selena Gomez, oh. Hailey Bieber. I don't, I follow Selena, but I followed all that. I mean, Kylie, they kind of got in there, but. I did not follow that. That's good. We don't need to, no. I didn't that, know. That situation was literally so ridiculous that I was like my yeah. brain cells are dying that I don't I, d I don't even want to touch this with like a 10-foot pole like goodbye I will, I will I will forever remember the time where I declined to go do Molly with Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez when I was 20 <laughs> year 21 years old biggest regret of your life Biggest regret of my life. Wait, where were you? Where, where were you? I was in Los Angeles. I was a college dropout working as a bookseller at BookSoup. And my friend somehow ended up at a house with Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. And she texted me and she's like, come over now. 
everyone's doing Molly with Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, like seven of them. And I was like, I'm at my minimum wage job right now. I cannot come to the phone. Um, That was the biggest regret of your life. Like, I'm so mad at you that you didn't just abandon the bookstore, close the bookstore, just like closed for the night and just gone. I was trying to get my life together after dropping out of college, okay? I couldn't just be seen gallivanting with celebrities taking Molly when I was trying to be a good, hardworking citizen. Yeah. You probably would have had to sign an NDA. Nobody would have seen you. I know. You probably wouldn't have been able to recount the experience on the pod, which is kind of a bummer. (laughs) Which is kind of a bummer. Okay, you mentioned that you love Victoria's Secret models. um, RIP to the Victoria's Secret fashion show. But did you ever... Was that a goal of yours throughout your modeling career or did you ever get close to it? I wouldn't say I got close to it. Um, I was never invited to the casting. It's a very like hush hush, like very closed invite only casting. And I don't think I was at an agency that was big enough. Like I think only like if you're a really big name and you know people or like you're at IMG or I don't know, one of the really big ones, then you get invited. But yeah, when I was younger, like we used to have watch parties at my college. Like we would watch the show or like even for The Bachelor, too, we'd have watch parties for that. And I was like, I'm going to be in this show one day. Like, I want to, it's my dream to walk in this show. One of the um, girls that was in a show, one of the most recent shows, she shaved her head and bleached it blonde. And she was one of my inspos to shave my head and go blonde. Yeah. It looks so good. Oh, thanks. It's so, I'm like growing it out right now because I really want to get braids for the summer. So it's barely even blonde anymore. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait, that's iconic. Wait, so you watched The Bachelor before you went on it. Yeah, I was a, like, I watched it growing up. I feel like it was, like, part of our, you know, yeah. pop culture, millennials, yeah. like, guys. What was the most surprising thing between watching it and then going on it? <laughs> Things I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> yeah, I think you just, like, me having watched the show, I think I thought I knew. Because people are always like, oh, my God, why do people complain? Why are people bitching about the experience when, like, you knew what you were signing up for? And I'm like, you you really don't ever know what you're signing up for. Because like once you get there, then you're like, oh, this is a lot different than I thought in certain ways. Yeah. And I think it also comes with like doing reality TV. And I'd never done a reality TV show at all. So it's just kind of like once you lift the curtain back on that and see like all the insides of it, it's kind of like, oh, because I love reality TV. Like I watch Love Island, Love is Blind, like literally everything. Married at First Sight. Like I just am a reality TV girl. And so now it's kind of like I it lost its magic a little bit because I know what happens behind the scenes. Do you feel like Chelsea? Because I feel as if I started watching The Bachelor. I I stopped watching about probably a year and a half ago, but I was a diehard diehard. I started with Crystal's season and that was before people got famous, famous from The Bachelor. That was like the first season that people got famous. Like Caitlin Bristow got famous. Jade got famous. Raven on that season? I don't think so. That was Carly. Okay. Or was it Carly? Maybe just Jade. I don't yeah. remember. I thought it was one of those Southern girls. Yeah. But, okay. Carly and Jade <laughs> and Caitlin, I feel like, were the three people that got really famous. And before that, though, there wasn't fame from that show. So when you go on it now, obviously, that's a part of it. So this is going to be a weird question. So tell me if this does not make sense at all. Is it almost like you go on and you're a little starstruck because now there is a celebrity component to The Bachelor? Like as a contestant, you're like starstruck to be there, if that makes sense? Like starstruck to meet the actual Bachelor or starstruck like... Starstruck to just like be on the set of The Bachelor. Because like, for example, Mads and I, when we started this podcast, 
we started interviewing Batch Nation people. And in the beginning, we were like, holy shit, this is like crazy that we're interviewing Batch Nation people. And now Batch Nation people seem like normal people to us, if that makes sense. So like when you... Now you're like Chelsea. Uh, no, but you know what I mean? Heck. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you get on set, like when you were on set, was it like, oh my God, I'm on The Bachelor and feeling kind of like starstruck about the whole situation? Yeah, I think surreal might be like a better yeah. word just because like obviously the girls... And I, like, we all got there at the same time, so we were all just random strangers to each other, so nobody was, like, anybody. The only time, I think, maybe, was when Chris Harrison, like, walked in for the first time. Yeah. Because it just feels very, like, like, you're used to watching it on TV, and, like, on night one, he walked in with the first impression rose. And that's when everything felt... For me, it was the roses. I don't know. It was, like, as soon as I saw the roses for the first time, I was like, oh, holy shit, I'm on The Bachelor. Like, that was the trigger for me, and then I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I think also seeing Matt for the first time, like, because it was so built up, like a lot of old seasons, like some of the seasons, they literally didn't know who The Bachelor was or meet them until they literally stepped out of the limo. And so for my season, because of COVID and like when Matt was chosen, all this, whatever, like I knew who it was when I signed up. Like, that's the only reason I signed up in the first place. And so it was just like talking about it with producers for so long and then like being quarantined and then like all of these months leading up to actually going on the show when I actually saw Matt for the first time, that was like, whoa, like it felt like you were seeing like a figurehead person, like he was a real guy. And then I think it also has to do with Instagram and like where social media was at during the years of the show too, because I think, I guess Chris Souls and then like whoever the rest of the bachelors after that, like I think it's because Instagram was also blowing up at the same time. Right. Right. Did you do anything on the show that didn't make it in that you were like grateful it did it? I'll give you an example. Uh, I heard Rachel Lindsay talk about this where she had like gotten just blackout drunk one night and like was throwing up and like just it was a whole, you know, and they could have filmed that all. They And she didn't even know if they had filmed it. She was like so nervous. And then they just protected her I guess and just didn't post it so I don't know was there any moment like that where you're like fuck I hope that doesn't make it in honestly not really I think I was more erring on the side of caution just because like I had seen the show and I did know like you don't know when you're there filming which way it's gonna go because like pretty much everything is filmed so you don't know who you're gonna be like and when they edit it out So I was just like very tight lipped. I was very like cautious about everything I said, even in like interview rooms. Like I was just not, I was not. And some of the other girls on my season were like, after a while, it's kind of like, you don't really, not that I wasn't being myself, but like you kind of have to get to a point where it's like, all right, well, I can't like hold up this persona. Like it's like, I have to just like let go and be like, okay, I'm going to pretend like the cameras aren't here. Like whatever, whatever happens, happens. Some people went a little too far with that. <laughs> um, yeah, you can I, say that. Yeah, and I, I held on for a good while. I feel like it wasn't until the last week that I was there because I was there for like six bachelor weeks or whatever. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. 
Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Like I left right before hometowns. It was the last week when I was like reaching my breaking point that I was just like, okay, I, whatever I said in that last week, whatever, if they want to use it, they can use it. But like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so exhausted. But yeah, there wasn't really anything that I did. Like, that was crazy that I was like, I I just felt like I was myself the whole time. So I feel like anything they aired, I would like, I'd probably just back it up. Like I would be like, yeah, I said that. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. (laughs) What, what's the, what's the mental health check on the girls? Because when you say six weeks, I mean, I went on a three-night bachelorette party and almost broke. So, you know what I mean? Like, I I was having, like, anxiety, and I needed my alone time, and I was like, where are my tools? And I need to journal and meditate, and I need to be not near anyone for, like, 48 hours. How – and I mean, I guess that's also part of the show, and that's why people go crazy and say things and get emotional. But in the house, when the cameras are off, what's the mental health like within the within the group? It was actually pretty good for our season. I think there was like a great sense of camaraderie between like our girls. We had like books and we had journals. So I journaled like every single night. And that was like, that was like my, I feel like without that journal, I would have gone nuts. Um, So that journal was everything to me. So that was great. And then also because of COVID, like we were at a different location. So we kind of had a different setup. Like I think when they're at the bachelor mansion, it's like, you're like on top of each other you have no space to yourself like that kind of Mm. thing and it wasn't the case for us so I kind of had like space to myself to regroup and like take a bubble bath and like chill at the end of the night but like we would just hang around and talk about like regular stuff and paint our nails and stuff so I feel like it was pretty good while we were filming but I think it's like a whole different ball game when you get back because it's kind of like you're thrown back out into the real world, you get your phone back, everyone wants to know what happened, you can't tell anyone, then you have to wait until it airs, so you're like kind of in hiding until it airs, and then when it airs, you have anxiety because you don't know what they're going to air. So yeah, it's like almost different stages of mental health situations. But they had like a, yeah. they had a therapist or a psychologist on site with us if you wanted to oh, chat. Oh, that's good. And then like I got a therapist immediately when I got back, so... <laughs> 
That's so smart. That's so smart. Cause like I, it was just like you think about being so cooped up there and then even the aftermath of all of that. And it is like a very mentally draining and emotionally draining process. So it's really great that you that you got therapy after. If anyone's listening in the audience who's applying to Batch Nation or any sort of reality TV show, because it sounds like you were pretty aware to get a therapist, what's like one tip you would give them if they want to go on a reality television show to keep their mental health right during the process? I would say definitely journal. <laughs> journal everything out. Be prepared to meet a lot of different personalities that like like obviously I live in New York and I'm from Atlanta. It's not like I'm from a small town, but like when you bring a bunch of different people from different States and like different periods in their life together at once, it's it like they're you butt heads. Like you're just not used to being around so many people with different energies and personalities. So like prepare yourself for that. And then this is funny because <laughs> before I went on the show, that's actually when I started listening to podcasts because I was never a podcast person. And I started listening to like bachelor podcast and previous contestants to see what they had to say and try to prepare myself. And Taylor Nolan is a therapist, but she, her advice, somebody asked her the same question. She was like, get a therapist beforehand. And I feel like that was the best advice ever. So that would be my advice too. If you could get a therapist before you go on so that they know like who you are and like when you're in a good place. And then when you come back, you can just like jump back into therapy with them. That would be incredible. And I did not take her, I wanted to take her advice, but it was too late. Like I was about to leave like three weeks when I heard this podcast that she did. But when I got back, I realized that was the best advice ever. Cause I was like, oh my God, if I'd already had a therapist, I could just talk to them about everything I'm feeling right now. But now I have no one and I'm trying to search for someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. That's really That's good really advice. really good advice. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like <laughs> the way you're speaking about it, it feels like you guys are like going off to war and you like have to have Honestly, like, yes. Honestly, yeah, I yes. Know. I know. I know. So you did this, right? You went on The Bachelor, but then you went on another reality show <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, so what was like, <laughs> what inspired you to continue this journey of finding love on reality television? So I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to paradise. And me and all my friends were like, we're not going to do it. We're going to boycott because on my season, a lot of shit went down. It was the first Black Bachelor, Chris Harrison, Rachel Kirkconnell, the whole thing. Like, that was all my season. All this racist, like, stuff, all the scandals, all, all of this crap. And I was like, I don't really want to put myself through that again. Yeah, I was like, I just really don't need to deal with that. And then, like, producers, they said they were changing things and all this stuff happened. And then everyone was, like, reaching out and, like, trying to convince me. And... I think what did it at the end of the day was FOMO because all of my friends broke before I did. And they're like, okay, I'm actually going to go. And they're like, oh, I'm actually going to go too. And I was like, wait, now all of you guys are going to go and you're going to leave me here? Like, I want to go. I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> I didn't need to go. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to say that I don't regret any experiences in my life. And like, I don't regret that. But like, I really didn't need it. Like, sure. Yeah. What's the what's the humidity level oh in paradise? God. I don't know. A thousand bajillion percent. It's just there's no AC. That's the thing. Like I'm from Georgia and so like it's very humid in Georgia. Immediately no. Immediately no. Yeah. Immediately, and immediately no. It's like an open air concept, like where we live. No. I'll say that. There's no, no. like what? walls. 
That's disgusting. And then you guys are like making out with people like, ew, you know, like don't even touch me. No, it was so gross. And there was like one scene where I was like making out with this guy and everyone on TikTok was like, why does Chelsea keep like wiping her lips after she kisses him? Like he has terrible breath or something or like she hates him. And I was like, there is sweat. everywhere it's his sweat it's my sweat like i'm just like i'm wiping liquid off my face like it had nothing to do with him at the time oh my god oh immediately no (laughs) i just could never i could never no amount of money i just stopped wearing makeup too oh no Um, do you rewatch by yourself or with people because i can listen obviously this is not on the Batch Nation scale. But I can listen to OK Sis alone and think Mads and I are the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. But then I listen to it with like, I'll be in the car and my husband will be like, oh, it's, I haven't listened to the latest OK Sis. Let's put it on. And I'm immediately cringing, like immediately cringing. Did you have to watch it alone or could you watch it with your friends? I think for Bachelor, since it was the first time like seeing myself on TV like that, I was like, there are certain things that I would love to watch alone. But also it was like such a big deal and all my friends were like, oh my God, we want to have a watch party for the first episode. So I definitely watched that with people. I think because I didn't get a one-on-one date, I was okay with pretty much everything else. But if I'd had a one-on-one, I think it would have been super, super cringe to watch that with somebody else because it would have been like me being like, oh, my feelings, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Maddie, you know how I feel about expressing my feelings to others. Yes. And yes. yeah, so everything else, it wasn't, I mean, getting out of the limo was a little cringe. Yeah. Anytime I had to talk about my feelings, a little cringy. But I watched most of them. Yeah, I think I watched most of them probably by myself because I wasn't dating anybody. Yeah, I wasn't dating anyone when it aired. One last question because I think Maddie has some questions that I'm totally bulldozing. Okay, so you go in paradise, right? Or like you're going on The Bachelor, you know you're going on. And I know it's COVID, so it's a little bit different at that time. But do you have to like actively repel dates you know like you can't date anyone because you're going on the bachelor you don't want to even like try does that make sense yeah so it's just like a pretty long casting process so before I went on the show I was on apps and then once I started getting deep into the casting process I was like oh maybe I shouldn't go on dates anymore but I had already like scheduled a date with this one guy and this is actually a funny story because there was just literally one lingering guy And I went on a second date with him. And right before the date, I'm talking, I'm dressed. I'm about to walk out of the door. A producer calls me and is like, yeah, you made it to the next round or whatever. And it was like the, it was like the end of the process. And I was like, oh shit, like I probably shouldn't go on this date. Like I'm, I'm going on this show, but I was already walking out the door. So I was like, I'm not going to cancel on this guy right now. So I went on the date after the second date, I didn't like him anyway. So it really didn't matter. But I decided to use the excuse I was going on a TV show to like end it with him. And this guy, this, this, we only went on two dates. I texted this guy and I was like, hey, like you've been great, blah, blah, blah. But like, to be honest, like I want to be, I don't like to ghost people. I'm not a ghoster. So I was just like, I'm just going to be like real with you. Like I'm going on a dating show and I can't really be dating anyone right now. And he calls me and he's like, if you don't like me, you don't have to make something up. Like, I'm I'm literally going on a dating show, but I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you anything about it, but like, I'm not making it up. And he, I literally had to like break up with this man over the phone after two dates. We had to have a whole breakup, 30, 45 minute conversation because he would not accept the fact that this was the real. Did you send, did you, did you send him a screenshot after the show? I've been like, bitch, I was not lying. (laughs) No, he didn't. He started creeping me out though, because he like continued texting me 
about like other things and being like, oh, well, if you change your mind, I'm here. And oh, if you want to do this, let's go out. And I was like, dude, stop talking to me. Oh, wow. my God. So maybe he so, saw it. I don't know. <laughs> when you when you turn on your phone again after being back from The Bachelor, do you just have like so many texts? I'm sure you like obviously tell your closest friends and family, but like you probably have like just so many random text messages that come yeah. through. It's insane. Oh. And like you think. It's like a have, simulation. Like they don't have, they, they have your phone for so long that you think you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't wait to get my phone back. Like blah, blah, blah. But then when I got it, I was like, I don't want this. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. having your phone is kind of an addiction. And then like after you get over that three day hump without it, then it's like very liberating and amazing. So oh. I hadn't had my phone for like over 30 days. So once I got it back, Should I was like, I, I don't even want to open it. I don't want yeah. this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. should I just go on The Bachelor just to not, just have a, 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 have a digital detox? detox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So you mentioned, and th- we talked about this when I was on your podcast, but yeah, you have some, you're getting better at it, but you have trouble expressing your emotions and, and expressing yourself. Yet you created a podcast called Vulnerable where you literally ask people <laughs> what they want to be vulnerable about. So how did that bridge happen? And like now are you just, you know, we talked a bit about manifestation and your mental health journey. Like, are you just really leaning into that part of yourself now and just getting more more used to that? Yeah, I think I think that was kind of the whole point is that right. I wanted to push myself to be more vulnerable and like to have a space where I actually felt like I could speak my mind and talk about whatever I wanted to talk about and edit it however I wanted to edit it and just like present this version of myself that I felt like was more me and more authentic to whoever it was, like even if it was only two listeners or a thousand, whatever, like I just wanted that space for me to be able to do that. So I kind of feel like that's the reason why I made it that's why I thought the name vulnerable was so perfect too, is because I was just like, every time you talk about like the bachelor or something, people are like, Oh, you got to be vulnerable. Like that's like the buzzword on the show. And I was just like the opposite of that when I was on the show. Like I just, I was hiding everything. Like I was trying my best not to like let it out. Like I was trying not to cry. Like I just wasn't that. And then I think that vulnerability is really just what connects all of us. Even with like your 36 questions, like it's just, you get to know people so much better. And then like, if you're vulnerable with someone, then they want to do it back. And then it just makes something beautiful. And so I feel like that's what I want to do with all the guests that I have on and all the topics that I talk about and hopefully like reach people and help people and educate people. So yeah, that's why I wanted to make it. I love Mm. that. I love that. Yeah. We're, we're big vulnerable kids over here as well. (laughs) We, I mean, a little too vulnerable. Should we, Should we ask our favorite last question as a nice little vulnerable end note? (laughs) Yes. Okay, Chelsea, we're going to ask you to get vulnerable. If you could brag, we ask all the women who come on OKSIS this, if you could brag about one thing and you weren't allowed to be humble, what would you brag about? (laughs) Wait, I love this. Okay, let me think for a second. I guess I'll brag about the podcast just because – it is new and I feel like it's like my little baby right now because I feel like my whole life has always been me wanting to be a model. Like I think that was my goal from a very young age. Like I grew up watching America's Next Top Model and like I tried out for it and then like I wanted to be a Victoria's Secret model like I was just saying and like it's always been modeling, 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 which is great and like I'm not knocking it in any way. 
But I think people write off that career a lot because it's like, oh, it's just so easy to stand there and look pretty or like, oh, you don't have to be smart or oh, whatever. And so I'm bragging about the podcast because I feel like I really like created everything about it, like literally everything. Like before I had my studio and my team that I have now, like it was just a one woman show over here. Like I bought all the stuff on Amazon, like I said, and I like came up with the name and I came up with the branding and I came up with the topics and I'm pulling, like I'm finding the guests and like literally everything about it. Like I was editing it, everything, everything was me. And so now that it's like turned into something bigger and I have people behind me and supporting me and then I'm hoping that it's going to grow and turn into something even bigger. I'm just really proud of that. I just think it's so cool that I like literally built this and made this from scratch alone and I have no idea what it's going to turn into. And my manager was like, oh my God, imagine if this is like the beginning of you starting an entire media company by yourself. And I'm like, I could totally do that. Like you never, I, you never know. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but yeah, I'm just very proud of my like passion and creativity and like the fact that I'm willing to jump into new things and start new things, even if they scare me. So yeah, that's the podcast right now. Mm, That's so beautiful. Yeah. That was one thing that I really loved about our conversation was we both connected on that level of if there is an idea and Scout is this way as well. And she actually was the one that taught me it where if you have an idea, like you're just going to go for it and you're going to execute it. You said that like some of your friends might be like, oh, I'm too, you know, I'm scared of what other people will think or, and you just like, that has never crossed your mind. You're just like, oh no, I could do it. Of course. And you just have this trusting and knowing in yourself. And that's the quality that is just so beautiful about you. And uh, we love you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can listen to the pod, all the things. Yes. So you can find me at, at Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram. And the podcast is at Vulnerable Pod, V-A-U-G-H-N-E-R-A-B-L-E. Wow. Um, Vulnerable Pod. It's like, a, on, it's like a spelling <laughs> contest. Yeah. On YouTube and Spotify and Apple, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's really it. And then, okay, so you, my, our episode is coming out on Monday. Oh, perfect. Yeah. We, we could not have coordinated that better. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening, sisters. We love you. And follow us at OKSIS Podcast. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 